Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What's good, Internet? You're listening to episode 130 of the Cerebcast. We're recording this week's episode on Thursday, July 20th. The Cerebcast is a podcast devoted to fostering intelligent and fun discussion related to the Canadian tech and telecom ecosystem. I'm your host, Igor Bonifacic, and this week I'm joined by, as always, Mobile Syrup Nintendo Switch reporter, Patrick O'Rourke. Patrick, how are thank, you? Thank you for having me on this telecom-focused podcast to talk about the Nintendo Switch. I appreciate it. <laughs> it wouldn't be the Cerebcast otherwise. Um, we have Rose Bihar. Rose, how are you? Hello, I'm very well. And um, in response to your question, what's good internet? I mm-hmm. think just fast speeds, good throughput. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. my response. Those are good things about the internet. <laughs> they are good things. Uh, lastly, we had invited Peter Nowak, but I don't recognize this man next <laughs> to me. Peter, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Um, I'm great. It doesn't make for great uh, podcasting, but Peter's come back with a giant beard. Yes, it's my retirement beard. It's yeah. a good, I think it's a trim beard. I wouldn't it's, it say it's a giant. trim. It's a very nice beard. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What have you been up to? Oh, all kinds of stuff. Just basically recovering from the blogging hangover. That's what mm-hmm. I've retired from. Um, mm-hmm. So now I'm just doing other stuff. And I actually read a book. Ooh. Yeah. What'd you read? Uh, it was. Oh man, what was it called? It was. Um, oh, I don't know if I can say it on air. It was okay. the. Uh, something about not giving a f okay uh, what's it it'll come to me I'll bring okay it. okay sounds good um <laughs> igor every once in a while lets some f's fly some f-bombs so, yes and then uh, robin has to edit them right. out. yeah um so we brought you on uh peter to talk to, uh to help us talk about the new crt c chair excuse me um he was appointed earlier this week mm-hmm. um rose would you like to introduce us to mr ian scott or scott ian or Two two first names. Two first names, which Mm -hmm. is just the beginning of the confusion and the mystery surrounding Mm -hmm. Ian Scott. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So he was appointed um, just uh, last, earlier, last week? Mm -hmm. Am I mixing up weeks? Anyway. It was early last week. Early, yeah, yeah, last week, um, replacing Judith LaRock, who is the interim CRTC chair, and coming after um, the inimitable uh, Jean-Pierre Blais. Uh, I know. I'm proud. I said that word correctly. Um, And so he's coming in. He is a former TELUS executive. Uh, He had a vice president position at one point, former TELUS lobbyist, um, currently uh, previous to the CRTC appointment, um, worked with Telesat, a TELUS subsidiary, a satellite company. And um, has also has previous experience in the uh, public side of uh, the industry as well. He did previously work as an advisor at the CRTC as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not too much that you can really find about Ian Scott around on the internet. 
he's not the type of guy who has a LinkedIn and like he's many pi- glossy pictures of himself. Yeah, he's not on the- Twitter issuing <laughs> hot takes. You, <laughs> no. You, you did find one photo of him though. One very low res image that we even decided not to put into the article. Yeah. Um, so we don't know too much about him yet, but people are thinking that um, he that that he's been appointed to sort of go in the other direction of um, John Pierre Blay, who was kind of tumultuous and um, butted heads with industry. That maybe he will sort of toe the line a bit more. Yeah. Um, but we don't we don't know yet because, mm-hmm. as uh, analyst Michael Geist pointed out, um, you know Jean Pierre Blay, people thought the same thing about him when he first started out. Yeah. So. Um, okay. So to start, um, there's a particular way I want to frame this question, and it's um, first. You're, it's a yes or no, and but you'll see. Uh, yes or no. So just give me the yes or the no, and then I'll ask you why. Um, so um, knowing the little that we know about uh, Mr. Ian Scott, will he be more Tom Wheeler or Ajit Pai? And for those who don't know, uh, Tom Wheeler, previous FCC chair, uh, Ajit Pai, current one, couldn't be totally, uh, more different. Um, one is in favor of destroying the internet. The other <laughs> is fair to say, right? Well, I, he wouldn't say so, but, but a lot of people do. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, definitely hates net neutrality. Definitely hates net neutrality. And obviously, Tom Wheeler kind of actually, um, you know, I guess what people are hoping for uh, with Ian Scott in that he kind of did a total uh, or did a 180 when he came to the FCC. So, uh, Peter, start us off. What was the question? Is so, it going to be more Tom Wheeler or Angie it's, Pye? It's, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that's a very good question. Um, so Tom Wheeler, when he first started, he mm-hmm. was his background was he was a lobbyist for the cable industry. And mm-hmm. so everybody thought they're putting the wolf in charge of the hen house. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how it started or, or how it looked at the beginning. Um, you know, he was very his first um, proposal for net neutrality mm-hmm. was basically what Verizon and Comcast had suggested. He just kind of rephrased what they had suggested. Mm-hmm. It was only when there was the big public outcry. <clears throat> you might remember John Oliver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He basically urged people to to uh, protest this approach. And they did. Uh, there was something like four million mm-hmm. replies yeah. to the FCC. And that kind of got the attention of Mr. Obama, and Obama jumped in there. And I think so he either directly or indirectly gave Wheeler his marching orders. And he Mm -hmm. said, this is not going to fly. And so that's when Wheeler Mm flip-flopped. And since or after that, he became very much, you know, the consumer champion. Mm -hmm. Um, So now his successor, Mr. Pai, is a different story. He's so far not Uh, Mm flip-flopping. He might. He Mm -hmm. could very well, but we'll see. Um, You know, his... His approach to <clears throat> that neutrality has been very similar to his predecessors mm-hmm. so far. Mm-hmm. The question of whether he reverses courses mm-hmm. remains to be seen. So is uh, is Mr. Scott uh, Ian Scott? I have to be very careful not to call him Scott Ian because Scott Ian is actually the founder and guitarist of Anthrax. Heavy metal band. <laughs> yes. uh, so Ian Scott, will he? Which way will he go? It's hard to say. You know, mm-hmm. um, the it doesn't look good to start with. Yeah, his his background does not give a good indication that he's going to be a friend to consumers mm-hmm. um but i guess everybody kind of deserves the benefit of the doubt totally yeah rose 
Um, and you can't, okay, also, you can't be subtle with this, guys. You, it's either yeah, one or the other. All right, no, no, I, just, I understand. It has to be yes or I mean, no answer. I, <laughs> I really will say, yeah, we don't know yet, but I guess I would I would go more on the edgy pie side. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that just popped into my mind was that the he has got in... Uh, ha- there has been allegations against him uh, in terms of conflict of interest in the mm-hmm. past. Um, so, so like Peter is saying, he's not a lot of great signs there mm-hmm. just to start out with. I will say, yes, he will toe the party line. That, okay. that, that's my, my prediction. Just, just to sort of be the opposite of mm-hmm. the, the, the former head. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter, you made a really good point on Twitter, which was that, um, you know, both Tom Wheeler and Blay were somewhat outliers in the sense that, um, you know, they did, they turned out differently than we expected them. Um, and you, uh, your suspicion was that he was kind of brought on to just implement this, the uh, policies of, whoop, excuse me, ICED, which was let's put forward, let's get uh, MNVOs uh, on the ground working. Um, do you want to kind of expand upon that? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> so back in June, the um, uh, I what does it stand for? Industry, science, uh, oh, economic uh, innovation, science, and economic <laughs> development. <laughs> yeah, it was so much easy, yeah, well, easier. When when that's industry. industry can. Yeah. That, that's when they changed the industry. Yeah, So Navneet Baines in June uh, basically made the big announcement where he said, uh, "CRTC, you've got to reconsider this whole MVNO thing, the mobile virtual network operator." Mm-hmm. Uh, CRTC has historically said no to MVNOs, mm-hmm. or at least not you know mandated MVNOs. Um, so the government, the, the the federal government, is basically signaling that it thinks there should be MVNOs, mm-hmm. and has basically told the CRTC, uh, "Reconsider this, nudge nudge, make it happen." Yeah. Um, so it would seem weird to me that they would um, uh, you know install a new CRTC head chairman that wouldn't be in favor of doing that mm-hmm. uh in, in again so you kind of look at this whole situation where if this guy is coming from industry if he's really like you know a telus guy mm-hmm. uh bell rogers and telus are not going to want mvnos at all they're going to no. fight it like hell yeah yeah um so you would think that he would be opposed to that too but then what knowing that why would the government give him the job that's the yeah. part that is interesting to me absolutely mm-hmm. that's very confusing mm-hmm. and i think during the time because he's going to be there. He's going to be here for the next five years. And within the next five years, um, 5G is going to become a real thing and a market force. And there's going to be much more demands for data in the future. So he's going to have to handle uh, the transition into that future of either unlimited data or larger amounts of data. So how is he going to handle that? Because it's it's sort of going to happen regardless of of him and you know whatever his opinions are like that is where the industry is moving what's mm-hmm. what's the prediction rose for when 5g will become like a, a real legitimate thing well they're saying deployments starting by uh, 2019 and that's in canada right? yeah okay. that's in canada yeah telus and bell are, are predicting that i have no no word from rogers yet <laughs> so but that's Shocking. not surprising yeah <laughs> um you know so I think there's only so much we can say in terms of, you know, this is the man, this is what we know. Uh, like I, like we pointed out, there's very little about him. So there's only so much you can um, guess about what his term is going to look like. But I'm curious from all of you, uh, and maybe starting with you, Pat, is what would you like him to do? Like what is if, um, if you were Justin Trudeau, 
you guys certainly have the handsome hair. Um, <laughs> what would your marching orders be? Like, what is the one thing you want him to focus on during honest? Uh, uh, I mean, I, I don't expect this to happen, but if if he does end up sort of being a, a consumer more mm-hmm. more consumer ad- advocate chairman, I would like to see some kind of unlimited data mm-hmm. offering. I don't know what that'll look like, and I don't know how you convince the carriers to do that. Um, and I feel like if something was put in place that mandated it, they would find another way to sort of make up that that revenue like we've seen in the past with the three-year plans and, and other stuff more recently, uh, especially with the, the data stuff that we've seen in the mm-hmm. last little bit. Um, but that that's something I would love to see. I, w- I think with to play off what Rose was saying, I think we need some kind of unlimited plan, and it's going to become more of a thing once once 5G uh, is more common and launches in Canada because and- it's going to use so much more data. And I don't think that's something that the general public's considering. Yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the and the applications that are going to become a, a thing as part of of five G uh, advancements like AR and VR and autonomous driving, um, those are going to push that that agenda as well. Like there's there's going to need to be um, unlimited data. It's just a matter of how we're going to get there. Like remember the example I was giving you about. Uh, I think it was a couple of days ago about about what uh, AR could be used for, like a customer service thing where. Um, I don't, all I can think of offhand is Rogers is like telling someone how to plug certain wires into their modem. So they, they hold up a, a phone and that gives them a visual overlay of where these wires need to go. And you could, you could apply that to anything like totally, uh, yeah. hooking up an Ecobee, which I did <laughs> this weekend, um, or, or a bunch of other things. And just imagine how much data that would use if you weren't running on a Wi-Fi network, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz you're you're sending all of that content directly to the person's phone. Mm-hmm. But Peter said you said an interesting thing pre-podcast about how you don't think that things are going to get any better mm-hmm. for the consumer. What in what sense did you mean that? Well, okay, think about it this way. It was 10 years ago in 2007 that the conservative government um held this special wireless spectrum auction and that was they they made all the special rules and of course that auction led to wind and mobilicity and public mobile and so on and so on at the same time you had the crtc well slightly after that basically coming out with the wireless code where they capped uh uh, uh, what you call it roaming fees they eliminated three-year contracts and so on and so on 10 years ago in 2007 canadians were paying the highest cell phone rates in the world Mm -hmm. or among the highest depending on what measurement you're using (laughs) So 10 years later in 2017, what's changed? Uh, and this is after we've just had five years of who is hailed as the most consumer-friendly CRTC chairman in history. Mm-hmm. And yet Canadians are still paying the highest or among the highest cell phone rates in the world, data rates, whatever you want to call them. So really nothing government has done or that the CRTC done has changed that. And I don't think anything is going to change it. Um, uh, Ian Scott, Scott Ian, Ian yes. Scott. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He could turn out to be, you know, the most raging consumer champion on the planet. But uh, is it going to change that fact? I don't think it will. So to throw a curveball at this, I think the only thing that Canadians can really hope for Mm -hmm. in terms of affordability and pricing is that technology uh, changes the game. Mm -hmm. So you think, uh, you know, not too long ago, you made a long distance call. Uh, you could, if you weren't careful, you can end up paying hundreds of dollars for that long distance call. Mm -hmm. Same goes with text messaging a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Cost us a lot of money to send text messages. So then, of course, you have Skype, you have WhatsApp, and <clears throat> all these other apps that have basically brought the price or the cost of these things to virtually zero. Same thing goes for television. You know, it's not the CRTC made this big deal last year about skinny basic TV and all that stuff. 
that's not what's causing the cable companies to lose subscribers and to lose revenue. It's mm -hmm. Netflix, it's YouTube, and so on. Again, these are technological, these are companies that have used technological innovations to basically uh, circumvent these companies and what they're selling. So I think that in order for these, what these companies have is they have one, the one true monopoly that they still own is internet access. So whether that's, you know, broadband at home or wireless on your phone, that's the, that's the, that's the, uh, the bottleneck that they still control. And I think it's going to require a technological advancement to change that. And so uh, eventually I, I'm hopeful that it's going to happen, that someday we're going to be able to internet uh, access the internet without having to buy service from a telecom company. That's interesting. interesting. That's yeah. So through like kind of unlicensed yeah, spectrum white spaces. or that kind of stuff. There's white spaces like uh, Google and Microsoft have been looking into that. That's yeah. the unlicensed spectrum that yeah. nobody gets to own. So that's one possibility. Mm -hmm. uh, but you look at something like what Elon Musk is doing with um, his solar power and the batteries. Right. Um, you know, the, the, his proposition there is here, you, this is a way for you get to get off the electricity grid. Um, so that may become a reality someday soon. If you really wanted to, you don't. You could uh, get off the grid with water. Yeah. You, you didn't. Have, you could collect your rainwater. That's you could true. drill a well. Mm -hmm. I, not too many people would want to do that. But <laughs> yeah. you, you can if you want. So, I think that's that's the the only solution here is to get off the grid, so to speak. Well, that would be amazing. And one thing I've been hearing a lot about lately is virtualization of the network in terms of. Um, the idea that we might have a kind of a base level hardware infrastructure that's fairly generic and, and and then people will just, the things that they own on top of it will be really software based and that's kind of the future of telecom mm -hmm. and wireless. And I think that's what uh, Samer Bichet of Sugar Mobile has been arguing is yeah. that we should rethink facilities based carriers or, or facilities based policy to include software as a facility, which is mm -hmm. kind of a, it's a very modern concept. Yeah, and there's a, a I guess an adjunct to that is the whole eSIM, the embedded SIM card, mm -hmm. which uh, yeah. those, those are coming. They're, they're happening more in so far like machine to machine communications. But if, um, you know, there's a company out in Vancouver, Otono Networks, they're the guys who run uh, Row Mobility. Uh, they're trying to become big players in this space, and uh, you know the, the the head of that company is talking about he he's consistently talking about how these eSIMs are coming to phones soon. Uh, it's just one of these big players is going to have to decide that this is an advantage for them. And this is basically an eSIM in a phone will let you basically choose your network and just right. basically hop on to whoever is giving you the better deal. Um, I really don't think this will happen in Canada anytime soon, yeah. but <laughs> it's going to happen in other places. And of course, that's going to put pressure on Canada. Um, if I could ask you, Peter, just for my own kind of curiosity, um, why wouldn't like declaring uh, broadband internet access and access and wireless internet access an essential service and regulating it that way not achieve the same kind of effect of kind of a breakthrough technology? Well, okay, well, because whenever you have regulations, there's mm. um, regulations are never never fast. They're never clean. Uh, they mm -hmm. take forever. Case in point is this whole uh, access to fiber broadband that the you know the third the, the smaller ISPs like tech savvy and so on. Mm -hmm. The CRTC gave them access to those fiber internet speeds years ago, mm -hmm. and they're still arguing over how much it's going to cost, how much they're going to have to pay Bell and Rogers and so on. Mm -hmm. uh, that's actually an issue that our new chairman is going to have to deal with because this is an issue that's just basically vanished into limbo. 
Um, you know, I was a couple of years ago, I was a tech savvy customer mm -hmm. and I switched to one of the big guys mm -hmm. and I thought, How could I, you? I know, I know, but I, I, <laughs> it's, I, I, you know, sometimes I got to vote with the pocketbook and I said, yeah. I, and I, I always in the back of my head, I, I said to myself, I'm going to go back to tech savvy when they get these higher speeds and I'm still waiting. Mm -hmm. And I, I know it's not tech savvy's fault. It's basically the, the fault of the regulatory process that takes forever and forever. Um, so yeah, to go back to your question. Uh, that maybe is the way to go, but again, it's not something that's going to happen anytime soon. It's even uh, an even better example was when the uh, smaller ISPs got access to cable infrastructure. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember exactly how long that took. I think that happened in the 90s, mm -hmm. and they only just got it. They only finally started selling that service just a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 a pretty slow process, and it's uh, you know. It can, uh, when governments change, that can change. Then when, when the, the staff at the CRTC changes, the, the, the approach can change. So it's very, um, it's very up in the air and, and, and very um, liable. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. ...to, uh, you know, flow with the whims of the day, whereas mm -hmm. technological change is something that's kind of inevitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really great point. I'm glad technology will save us, hopefully. Maybe. So we had a couple of reader questions, but we somewhat answered them. But um, there's one here um, that we were just kind of talking about. The question is, at what point will Canada consider mobile an essential service and therefore no longer put data caps on plans but reasonable prices on limited plans? How can the CRTC foster actual competition and obviously, you know, Peter just kind of talked about that. But yeah, um, I mean, is there do you really see them being unable to do anything in the sense to really help consumers? Is there something kind of maybe even not so much big picture, but smaller that can help consumers in this next five years? No, and yeah, I think uh, I think what you're the point you're trying to make there, mm -hmm. I think, is that the CRTC, uh, it's not like I'm here saying, get rid of the CRTC. Is using totally, this. yeah. <laughs> I think what their role, what the role of the regulator is, is to get those big picture issues correct. Mm -hmm. And the little picture issues, if you want to call them that, like especially pricing, that's something yeah. that I just don't think they can handle. Uh, Patrick mentioned it earlier. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they ban unlocking fees on, on uh, phones, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's okay. They'll just raise prices here or elsewhere or whatever. No, yeah. Or they'll introduce a new... I, I was predicting they're going to have big SIM card fees now. So when you get a mm -hmm. new SIM card, I don't know if they've done that yet. I don't think so, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I, th I think that... Didn't that change? The, the SIM card fee? I mean, they they are constantly fluctuating, okay. and they're often quite high anyway, around $25 even sometimes yeah. can go up. For a thing that costs pennies. Yeah. 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 But um, the uh, so the big picture stuff is the, the where they do have to have some, so where, the, where the CRTC still does have importance, and mm -hmm. to the very big credit of the the, the former chairman mm -hmm. is the the biggest issue here is exactly what I was talking about. If it's technological change that's going to 
eventually disrupt these businesses and and uh, allow consumers to lower their bills, mm-hmm. then the ability to disrupt has to be protected. And that's exactly what we're talking about when we're talking about net yeah. neutrality. Mm-hmm. So the CRTC has uh, deserves a hell of a lot of credit. Uh, Jean-Pierre Blaise deserves a lot of credit for uh, not only safeguarding those rules, but also strengthening them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Canada, I think, has very good, uh, very strong net neutrality rules. They they pretty much outlawed zero rating. Mm-hmm. That's that's also uh, that's very progressive in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, very few countries have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what they've done in that respect is great, and I think that's exactly what they need to do. I think this is a great way to segue into the article you wrote about 5G because it is a technology, right? And it uh, it could be a disruptive one or it could, in some senses, make the situation worse, right? Uh, in terms of affordability. Right, right. Um, so, Rose, can you just quickly, I, it was a pretty long and uh, detailed article, but give us kind of the Coles Notes version, as it were. And then I think that's a great uh, jumping point to talking about what 5G represents for people. For sure. Well, so I went out to um, Burnaby, BC to check out a multi-point deployment of 5G mm-hmm. by TELUS and Huawei. And um, it was really fascinating. I mean, when you actually got out there, it was just an antenna on a roof. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there wasn't much to see. Um, but then they sort of displayed the, the multi-gigabit speeds that were they, they were uh, sending down to different tents that had sort of future technologies like multiplayer vr or holograms or stuff like Mm -hmm. that um and then i got to talk to a bunch of really smart people about 5g and so one of the questions i asked them was sort of the basic one is 5g just about speeds and they Mm -hmm. were just like oh god no like it's it's so much different than that it's a transformative kind of thing for the network itself like it's going to be um it's going to be a transformation in how carriers operate their networks in the types of applications that run on it. Um, and so they like 5g is still sort of nebulous. Um, and they know that, and they know that there is there, there are applications that, um, aren't fully developed yet, like VR and AR that, mm-hmm. that 5g is going to be used for. And so basically the idea is to make a network that is completely future proof. And to do that, you have to really focus on virtualization of the network, using artificial intelligence in the network, and um, doing different things like network slicing, where you have the same physical infrastructure, but you can slice off a piece of the network, network mm-hmm. like a piece of cake, to deal with just autonomous driving mm-hmm. and the you know exact throughputs and speeds that that might demand, in uh, as opposed to. Uh, the throughput, throughput and speeds that like wireless to the home might mm-hmm. demand. So um, it's it's a it's completely new sort of uh, state of mind in a way. Like the what five G is and what it's going to power is something that we haven't fully figured out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not rare. Like that's kind of how it was with past generations as well. Like you know we didn't know texting was going to be as big of an application until it took over and became huge mm-hmm. we didn't know data like internet on the phone was going to be become such a big application until it took over and became huge so there's still we're still waiting on what that killer application is going to be is there a reason why Huawei wants to be involved in this like i understand the carrier side of it obviously but what 
what's Huawei's right. sort of skin in the game? So Huawei, we know them probably mostly as a smartphone manufacturer, but um, they're actually the largest telecommunications equipment manufacturer in the world. Mm-hmm. So they, they're building equipment of all this under, they're basically building the underlying infrastructure for all these networks. And they work closely, I think, with all three, the big three here in Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Peter, if you could get us started, what I would ask you is, um, you know, clearly from the carrier point of view, this is the second coming of the spaghetti monster. Um, <laughs> but is, you know, when the iPhone was introduced and smartphones in general, you know, I would argue that, you know, obviously as consumers, we got a lot out of smartphones. But for a carrier like Rogers, this morning I was reading their uh, financial reports. Their ARPU is now, it, it increased like $8 mm-hmm. just over year over year, right? It's never been higher. They're, mm-hmm. They've never been making more money. Is this kind of a smoke and mirrors thing where it, like this is not the technology that is going to liberate us from? <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Well, 5G uh, won't. Five, and not on itself. The access technology is mm-hmm. um, access technology is not necessarily what's going to liberate us. Or I guess in a way it is. It's just that we're going to have to find a different kind of technology to access the Internet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not a science fiction writer or a futurist, so I can't mm-hmm. predict what the what that possibility could be. Yeah. Other than, like, obviously the white spaces thing, that which is something mm-hmm. that's already kind of in motion. I think there's doubts about that. But anyways, that's besides the point. Um, I think the interesting thing that uh, 5G is going to bring about is what Rose was talking about, about the mm-hmm. network slicing. That's going to bring up, I think, big uh, network uh, network net neutrality disputes and issues because you're going to have carriers slicing stuff off and basically, mm-hmm. you know, Fast yeah, yeah, giving it priority yeah. and so on. Yeah. And in some cases, you want that, like uh, autonomous cars. You want cars uh, communicating with each other, and and you don't want uh, the Montreal Economic Institute uh, recently wrote a thing saying that you don't want people watching cat videos interfering with cars communicating, which is (laughs) it's oblivious to the fact that yes, you're going to slice that off, and I don't think anybody's going to object to that. Mm -hmm. But you're going to have instances where uh, carriers will say, "Well, we're slicing off uh, Netflix or or video for some reason," and you know. The, you know, so you're gonna have disputes there. So 100%. that that is gonna be. I think that's one issue we can definitely see on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What do you guys believe? Well, I mean, if they keep it, if they do sort of keep it fairly agnostic, or at least like if they categorize it, like it's not Netflix, but it's all streaming platforms. Potentially, that could still be uh, be kind of closer to to okay under net neutrality uh rules then you run into like what if another streaming platform comes out and isn't included in it or do you mean like a blanket like a a blanket okay okay yeah Yeah. but i mean i I agree there's there's that'll definitely run into there i think uh you know just to look forward i think their carriers especially with the net neutrality rules we have in canada they're going to have to make a case for why something is being sliced off Mm. Um, you know, they just can't say, well, it's because, uh, yeah. you know, I think they're going to have to show that this is like mission critical stuff that can't yeah. be interfered with or can't be subject to lag or whatever. Um, the other, uh, just to, sorry, mm-hmm. this is a little no, bit of a tangent, ahead. but going back to what Pat, uh, was saying about unlimited, um, I think it's interesting because, you know, we we're, we complain about unlimited not happening in Canada, whereas it's like completely the norm in the u.s mm-hmm. i found what rogers is doing um with the um i think it's fido with the five yeah. hours yeah. of free data that's like 
step one to unlimited because they're basically yeah, saying, totally. unlimited that's data for five hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I, I find that a really interesting, that's something I actually did not expect to happen. And no, I yeah. have to believe that the other guys are going to react to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who knows, maybe that gets us one step closer to unlimited. That's what I was thinking too, is that probably unlimited will start out with timing based offerings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe time of day offerings even as it progresses yeah. to eventually become unlimited. I think we were saying last week that it's it's not ideal, like like in right. any way, because you you have to flip a switch for it to start, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a very good step in 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 the mm-hmm. right direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, quickly before we get to shout outs, um, what's everyone's take on the uh, Saskatel thing? Uh, if you don't know, uh, they were talking about. Uh, potential uh, partnerships right so uh, yeah not long ago i think it was in may and uh, they passed a bill that would allow them to sell up to 49 percent of sastel without it being uh considered privatization mm-hmm. and so now the minister in charge of sastel is saying that they are in talks with potential partners mm-hmm. and um and the critic the ndp critic says there's Literally millions of reasons, aka the millions of dollars that Sastel brings in, not to to do so. Yeah. What do you take? Uh, what's your take on that, Peter? That's uh, inevitable. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. It will inevitably be bought by one of the big three. As I think, everything in this country will inevitably right. be bought by the big three. <laughs> okay. Loblaws will be bought by Rogers. And, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, PC Mobile. I mean, there's already a thing oh, going true. on there. Yeah. 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 You you were telling me something interesting about Saskatchewan mm-hmm. yesterday regarding Sastel. Well, it's just, um, I mean, I was thinking about it, right? Like uh, Saskatchewan as a province, it doesn't have oil like Alberta, uh, but it is kind of, it's never been as in financial dire straits as some of the eastern provinces, right? So it's been generally well run. Um, and then, you know, the question I ask myself is why you have something good in this mm-hmm. crown corporation, why sell it? And Rose is like, well, millions of reasons well private gain is really all it comes down to right and it, it's sad that that's what it comes down to right like yeah um i mean ideally you if it generates so much revenue year after year after year you would keep it but instead i guess you know it's that one time payout that seems so uh so attractive to some people yeah it has yeah. really been successful mm-hmm. uh, over quite a, uh, over the last while it's it's just been growing it's been doing mm-hmm. very well mm-hmm. and it's been so good for for the people of saskatchewan because it's driven down prices considerably mm-hmm. so their website is also really good when i was doing mm-hmm. that uh, data overage roundup i did a couple of weeks ago it was really easy to find all the information mm-hmm. i needed yeah. on their yeah. site and mm-hmm. it was they also have great mascots from what i remember do they what, what's <laughs> yeah. their mascot it's like a moose or something. Is like, it? Uh, I like that. That's good. Someone will correct me in the comments, I'm sure. <laughs> I invite it. Um, yeah, they, they had marketing that was a little bit off-putting recently when there was the, this big issue of like people freaking out about it being privatized. Mm-hmm. And they put up a billboard that said something like, just don't worry about it or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Like, wow, about it. yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> um, the switch minute, Pat. So... This week, I have I have uh, disappointing news about the the, the Nintendo Switch is sort of uh, I guess you'd call it the online voice chat app. Mm-hmm. It launched two days ago, I guess. Um, it's going to fully release when Splatoon launches. Uh, Splatoon two launches on the twenty first. And to make a long story short, the way it works essentially is you have to open an app on your phone. You then connect a headset to your phone, or you use a Bluetooth headset, which which isn't that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to be able to listen to the game audio, you need a splitter in order to have it. So you have like this sort of 
octopus of cords just to be able to talk to someone in the game. Octopus is a good description. And that's what mm-hmm. it looks like. Yeah. Um, and then there's a strange interaction between the actual Switch itself and the device. And if you close the app at any time, you uh, are removed from the, the voice chat. Mm-hmm. So it's it, people expected it to be uh, cumbersome and confusing and not make a lot of sense, but I think it's actually worse than anyone expected, which is disappointing. I yeah. mean, I don't... I, I never really plan to play any Switch games with friends, so it's not a big deal for me personally. Um, mm-hmm. But anyone who who was like, it's it's not it's not good. It's it, it's pretty bad, and I think uh, Nintendo is getting a lot of flack for it. Um, rightfully so. Yeah, rightfully so. So hopefully they make some changes to it. The, the thing that boggles my mind the most, I think, is the the closing the app and then you lose the, the mm-hmm. connection to the voice chat. Um, that means that you would have to every time you open the app, you'd have to set your phone up to never lock, mm-hmm. never have the screen go to sleep, and you'll probably actually have to plug your phone in because otherwise it's going to die, right? Mm-hmm. So um, there's a variety of factors there. It's not out yet, so I haven't tried it, but it sounds like it's going to be a disaster. On that note, <laughs> shoutouts. Uh, okay, well, I usually have boring shoutouts, so this week I'm going to shout out Is to it a DJI love story. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no. Right. There was a DJ DJ DJI hate story previously, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm not going to hate on DJI, uh, but I will shout out to a very fun and exciting new game mm-hmm. called Bean Boozled, in oh, which no. you uh, select you, you spin uh, you spin to find what kind of jelly bean you have to eat, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's good, and sometimes it tastes like rotten tomatoes or, or stinky socks oh, I or played that yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a horrible game <laughs> and it really like the the bad jelly beans really taste bad so we have some in the office and we've been bean boozling each other pat which ones did you eat i had one that tasted like throw up yeah and it actually tasted like throw up and i almost threw up yeah. i was, I was shocked the like, there's the harry potter version of it right and yeah. they don't really taste bad it's like a weird flavor but it doesn't taste bad this legitimately tasted like someone threw up and then somehow put it inside a bean like, it was bad i was not impressed it's an intense game it, it's uh all not for the faint of heart mm-hmm. peter uh, i'm gonna give a shout out to the toronto blue jays okay for uh for clearing up my october mm-hmm. um, because i will not be they will they will not be in the playoffs and i will not be wasting all that time watching them in the playoffs Mm-hmm. So, yeah, looking forward to having some more free time this fall. Yeah, I unsubscribed Aww. from the Roger Sportsnet oh. uh, app. Yeah. I'm like, uh, this is like a resoundingly negative collection <laughs> of shadows so far. Yeah. I like being boozled. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, okay. That's true. Yours was positive. My side of it was just negative. <laughs> Igor, you got your own shout out? Uh, what do I want to shout out this week? Um, Book Club with Igor? Yeah, Book Club with Igor. I've been reading this. Uh, it's published by GoPro. It's just uh, kind of a professional guide for recording videos with gopro and it's been very uh, illuminating kind of just learning been trying to learn the whole video thing because um as we all know video is going to kill journalism or (laughs) something uh or something so you're going to turn yourself into a drone journalist that and that book i mentioned at the beginning i remembered the name it was the subtle art of not giving a f cool by mark manson all right is it good it was okay. It was basically <laughs> telling you, you know, don't worry about things. Figure out what you want to worry about and worry about that. Oh, that's okay. nice. That's <laughs> nice. Sounds like good advice. Yeah. What you should worry about, reader slash listener, is sending us great questions. <laughs> you can do that by emailing podcast at com. You can also send a voice recording of you asking a question, which our wonderful engineer, Robin, will put into the podcast. Um, 
We'll also, as usual, if we're there's a special topic or special guest coming on, we'll have uh, kind of a post dedicated to it. One thing I will ask is read the post. This week, <laughs> uh, people assumed that Mr. Ian Scott, uh, who's never been captured in media, would come to Mobile Syrup and be and submit himself to an uh, excruciating interview with the Syrup cast team. That is not true. So please read the, the uh, post next time uh, so that we can get really great questions. Mm-hmm. Um, Pat, where can people find us? Find us on all the things at, at Mobile Syrup, Snapchat, Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, Facebook. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's it. Peter, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter, uh, Peter Nowak. And any uh, any work that people should be reading? Anything recent uh, that you've published? Yeah, I'm doing some stuff for the Globe, mm-hmm. mainly. And, okay. Um, Never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, though, you should try to get Scott Ian, the anthrax guitarist, to come okay. in and answer your telecom questions. That, <laughs> that would, would be, be good. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So um, before I sign off, then uh, uh, listeners, help us start a GoFundMe campaign to get Scott Ian on the Syrupcast. I'm, so. I'm totally in on that. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure this out. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.